Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, I don't know if you guys have checked out, but Paramount Plus has been doing a great job of making sure that they can dump as much programming as they can onto this streaming service. And they just did a massive Nickelodeon dump of a bunch of extra programming. So finally, Nick Arcade is on there, so I've talked about that enough on the show. So you can check that out right now. I watched an episode earlier today. It it holds up in my nostalgia. Uh, but you got Legends of the Hidden Temple. You have Double Dare. Uh, you have all of the classic Nicktoons. I don't know if everything is up to date right now. I think even when I checked, something like Rocco's Modern Life only had the first two seasons, even though there's four altogether. Uh, but it, it seems like they're slowly rolling all of this out, which is a good thing to see. Um, so if you haven't signed up for Paramount Plus right now, I am totally not sponsored, but I, I would definitely give it a shot. Uh, but just like with all of that classic Nickelodeon stuff, we're going to have to look at this week in Nickelodeon history. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Oh man, see, I went through, I went through whole radio training when I was in college, so I know how to hit that post. Bam, right there. Um, if anyone has done anything with radio, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but we're going to start, uh, probably one of the earliest Nickelodeon projects I've mentioned, uh, on this program. 32 years ago, on March 26th, 1989, the, uh, the block Nick Rocks ended after a five-year run on Nickelodeon. Uh, the uh, Nick Rocks is before my time of watching Nickelodeon, uh, but from what I can find about this, it was essentially uh, like TRL for kids. Uh, now, that's Total Request Live. It wasn't a live programming, but it was essentially, um, you know, family-appropriate music videos that would air uh, at least three times a week. They had a Nick Rocks um, so that that's pretty cool. That's definitely one of the oldest things that we are mentioning here. Uh, but 30 years ago, on March 23rd, 1991, the Nickelodeon show Clarissa Explains It All aired on Nickelodeon, premiered on that date. Uh, it ran for five seasons, a total of 65 episodes. It set up the career of Melissa Joan Hart, who would eventually go on to a, another massive sitcom in its own right, Sabrina the Teenage Wish, and... Um, just completely, you know, send her off into stardom. But it all started here with uh, with Clarissa Explains It All. I remember watching this show as a kid at least a decent amount. Um, but unfortunately, it's not one that really, like, that I, I become nostalgic over. Like, I know I've seen it. I know I watched it. I know I enjoyed it. But it, it just kind of came maybe at the wrong time or maybe I was too young because that, that early sitcom that I love is Keenan and Kel, which was kind of what came after Clarissa explains it all in terms of just kind of family sitcom there. So um, I would give it I would give it a shot. I, I think I remember watching when Teen Nick started the uh, 90s are all that block. They would air Clarissa explains it all. So I got to like rewatch it there and 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 I enjoyed it like no issues. Eleven years ago on March 27th, 2010. The show Victorious premiered on Nickelodeon. We actually just talked about Victorious uh, a few episodes ago because it, it it finished up. It uh, ended on February 2nd, 2013, so kind of stayed around the, the beginning of the year here. Uh, but as I mentioned before, Victorious was kind of the last big live-action Nickelodeon show that I got into. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this show. It definitely felt the most adult out of 
you know, iCarly, Drake and Josh, uh, Keenan and Kel, all of the Dan Schneider stuff. This was definitely the most geared toward like an older teenager. But I, I fell in love with this show. I fell in love with the characters and the setting. And um, I was surprised how much it, it got me at the time it was on television. I was I was 20 years old when this was on. Um, way outside of the demographic of of what was made for, but um, there was something about it. I didn't watch it like I didn't watch the premiere. I wasn't really watching Nickelodeon like even on a daily basis at this point. Um, so I must have caught a rerun rerun somewhere and just started watching the show, and and it was fairly enjoyable. Uh, it was followed by a spinoff called Sam and Cat, which was also a spinoff of iCarly, featuring both Jeanette McCurdy's Sam Puckett and Ariana Grande's Cat Valentine. Um, that just kind of went up in flames, if you've heard, ever heard of that story. Uh, I was very surprised that that um, Victorious didn't get to see a season five. All of the all of the actors seemed pretty shocked about that. Um, but uh, if you've never watched it, I know it's on Netflix. Definitely check out Victorious if if you've liked any Nickelodeon sitcom, uh, I think this is one that you can, you will at least find one character you enjoy out of this entire like cavalcade of characters who show up. Uh, eight years ago on March 23rd, 2013 monsters versus aliens premiered on Nickelodeon. Another show that started in March and ended in February. That's so crazy. Uh, so we also just got done talking about this too. Uh, I was a big fan of the Monsters vs. Aliens movie. I, I enjoyed that. And pretty much right after Penguins of Madagascar was this massive hit for Nickelodeon, they started really dipping into the DreamWorks library, soon followed a Kung Fu Panda show, and then came Monsters vs. Aliens. The crazy thing, though, is that it, it was announced right after the movie came out in 2009 and, and took a long time before it aired on television. And by this time... Monsters vs. Aliens was not, like, super popular. It didn't make a ton of money at the box office. They didn't announce a sequel. But they were like, hey, we're going to make a, a TV show based off of this concept. Um, and this kind of just came and went, 26 episodes total, and pretty much right after Monsters vs. Aliens was done, Nickelodeon kind of, that was it for them with the DreamWorks properties. They just announced that they were going to go, you know, more Nickelodeon shows than they were with third-party content like that. Uh, and I think from then on, DreamWorks just started exclusively really working for uh, Netflix. And I think Cartoon Network, I think they had that the Dragon Show on Cartoon Network, but... Uh, yeah, that was Monsters vs. Aliens. Uh, six years ago, on March 26th, 2015, the uh, the musical comedy TV series in Canada called Make It Pop aired on Nickelodeon. Uh, it only lasted two seasons, 42 episodes, so I have no idea what it's about, uh, but Nick Cannon was uh, involved. He was actually one of the creators of it, so uh, good for him. I actually never... <laughs> I've never seen it completely... Like, first time I've even read that the title existed. Um, three years ago, on March 26th, 2018, the uh, show Keep It Spotless aired on Nickelodeon. It was a competitive game show presented by Melissa Vanderschiff. And uh, that's that's about it. Uh, apparently, John Cena was an executive producer on this program. Let's see. The program features children contestants competing for cash prizes as they aim to keep themselves clean while they navigate and make their way around an obstacle course, which contains various means to splatter the contestants with non-toxic paint in various colors. That's actually a pretty cool idea. Only lasted 20 episodes, and 
honestly, I've seen this trend. I don't think game shows work on Nickelodeon anymore. Um, it, it, the Double Dare kind of revival kind of just came and went. It was like a flash in the pan, and it's kind of upsetting, but uh, maybe maybe we're finally at a time where just children-based game shows just, you know, you might as well keep the big juggernauts around, you know, Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, Let's Make a Deal, uh, Deal or No Deal, Price is Right, like, boom, there's your five right there. Uh, and lastly, the final episode of Henry Danger aired one year ago. Uh, this week on March 21st, 2020, Henry Danger was a, another massive show for Nickelodeon, another slam out of the park. Um, and the last hurrah for creator Dan Schneider, who has been working at this point uh, three, about three decades for the network, um, bringing pretty much all of the biggest live action content that has ever existed. Keenan and Kel, The Amanda Show, Drake and Josh, iCarly, Victorious, Sam and Cat, Henry Danger, uh, and a few other projects in between there. Um, at some point during this show, Dan Schneider was, was let go by Nickelodeon, as uh, they mentioned just his onset kind of attitude and it was just kind of time to move on um, and from that just a whole spider web of theories and evidence and uh, of, of Dan Schneider just being a, a creepy guy um, what have you working with children um, past all of that though this is his last real big hurrah on Nickelodeon, Henry Danger, something that lasted five seasons and 121 episodes. And for a show about superheroes, I got to say, it's pretty impressive, especially, you know, something based for kids. And what's even more impressive is that Nickelodeon at one time was running two of these kind of shows concurrently, uh, the Thundermans. So they had two superhero based sitcoms that had kids as as superheroes. And uh, and then eventually those two crossed over. So Nickelodeon had their little own MCU going on on live action television. But, you know, this uh, this started the career of, of Jace Norman, who still seems in, incredibly popular with uh, with the younger kids. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't really a f I, I didn't watch it. I didn't <laughs> I've never watched a full episode of Henry Danger. I've seen so many clips online. Uh, more of the villains, if anything else. I, I like the idea of some of the villains they've had on the show. Uh, and, and some are, are very creative, have made me laugh. Uh, but, I, I, yeah, I've just not sat down and watched this show. Um, anybody listening to this, what, what are your thoughts on Henry Danger? Is this something worth watching all of? Because 121 episodes is a lot of television. And if it's something that, you know isn't doesn't really rise up to its potential i don't want to waste the time so if you think i should watch this find me on any of the forums of social media send me a tweet uh letting me know that uh henry danger is something to check out but that was this week in nickelodeon history we're going to take a quick break and when we get back we're going to talk about the spongebob episode life of crime but mr krabs what about all the stuff you stole what do you mean like that barrel it says property of salty sea farms Oh, that's where I rent me pickles from. Are you renting the barrel, too? Well, no. Then you bought it. No. Then isn't that stealing? Well, I, uh... What about this towel from the Sizzling Spring Sauna? Um, well, And this Bikini that's... Bell phone. Well, uh, it's... And Sandy's hedge clippers? Oh, there. And um... Plankton's lawnmower? Well, he did... Even Mrs. Puff's hair curlers? That one was a gift. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? 
Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. But at least it's warm around the fire. Hey, if we're underwater, how can there be a... Life of Crime is one of my favorite SpongeBob episodes of all time. Um, it, it's it's not an understatement that if I was to ever make a ranking of my favorite SpongeBob episodes, this would probably make the top five. It, it is that high up in my eyes as an episode uh, because it it has a lot of what I enjoy about SpongeBob. Um, of course, if you've watched my rankings of season one, you'll know that that one of my favorite things in the show is the interactions between SpongeBob Patrick and Squidward. Um, but the second thing I love, and, and a lot of people love with this show, is the interactions with SpongeBob and Patrick. It's why I love episodes like Hall Monitor so much, where it, it's kind of SpongeBob spiraling into madness and bringing Patrick with him, or Patrick just gladly coming on for the ride. And this is one of those episodes where the two just go above and beyond with each other in just complete silliness and, and just get themselves in this situation that, unfortunately, they don't know a way out of when the the obvious answer is just in front of them every time. Um this is why the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, the first one, is one of my favorite movies of all time because it perfectly captures their personalities. Uh, and uh, to see it on the big screen is always a treat. And a lot of that can be traced back here to this episode, Life of Crime. So the episode starts out with Mr. Krabs watching this absolutely, like this very funny old school, like bad guy crab drama uh where you know there's like this evil um robber crab stealing another's shell and then the cops book him and and mr crabs hates thieves for some reason but then spongebob and patrick start pointing out all of the items that mr crabs may have stolen although some of them it seems weird like you know the 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 barrel for example he says that's where he gets his pickles it's it's certainly possible that if you order enough pickles they're like hey keep the barrel um there was, you know, the towel from the the, the sizzling spring sauna. Uh, he, you know, I've been to plenty of saunas and gyms where they sell their own branded stuff that you could take home. Certainly possible. But the obvious joke here is that Mr. Krabs has just been stealing all these items throughout Bikini Bottom, including Sandy's hedge clippers, which is just kind of funny because they're clearly made for hedges. 
I don't know what Mr. Krabs would would kind of borrow those for. Borrow without asking. Um, but his that's his excuse is that you can borrow anything you like as long as you return it before it's noticed. And he just kind of sends Patrick and SpongeBob out into the world with this mentality that you can borrow absolutely anything you want as long as you return it before it's noticed that it's gone. Um, we get this super funny sequence of just SpongeBob and Patrick just kind of lollygagging throughout Bikini Bottom. Uh, it's one of my favorite moments between them when they're just like, I don't know, what do you want to do today? I don't know, what do you want to do today? I, it makes me think of of my best friend Alex because when we were kids and and we saw that episode, like if we were ever walking somewhere, that would be a joke that was brought up. Um, eventually... Uh, Patrick comes across the fact that there's a balloon stand in the middle of Bikini Bottom, and he really wants a balloon. Uh, so they they don't have money for the balloon, and SpongeBob basically offers to steal it, which he does. He literally goes up, takes a balloon, and they run away. Uh, unfortunately for SpongeBob and Patrick, they decided to borrow without asking a balloon on free balloon day, which just sets the whole like turn of events. The fact that you know this so early on is hilarious. Um, they could have written it in a way where you would think that SpongeBob and Patrick could be in trouble, and then by the end they find out it's free balloon day. But it's just funny that the audience gets to know that information so so much more earlier than SpongeBob and Patrick do, because then it just makes all of their decisions that much funnier. Uh, so they decide. Uh, so the the balloon breaks. Uh, they can't return it, therefore they're just flat-out thieves, and they decide that they have to run away and and live live on the lamb, basically. Uh, we get a few more gags coming up to this moment, and then we have one of my favorite gags in all of SpongeBob history, which you already heard if you're listening to this podcast. Um, they're outside having a campfire, and SpongeBob brings up, you know, hey, at least we're warm around this fire, and Patrick just goes... Uh, hey, if we're underwater, how could there be a, and the fire immediately goes out. It is bar none, one of the funniest gags they've ever had on this show. It, it works in so many ways because if you're an adult watching this show and you immediately see the fire, that's the first question in your mind. Like, wait a minute, these characters are underwater. What is that fire doing here? And then the fact that Patrick asks and then it goes out, it kills every time. Um, we then get another gag where uh, uh, SpongeBob has brought chocolate bars out on the lamb so that they don't die of starvation even though patrick is uh, just eats so much he's already prepared for it um but this is where we get kind of really dumb patrick uh as the seasons go on his iq lowers and lowers and lowers to a to kind of a level that i would say is intolerable um but here we just get kind of very early beginnings of really dumb Patrick where he eats his candy bar in one bite and then he decides to I think he just forgets that he eats the candy bar and tries to eat it again he ends up biting his hand blames Spongebob who still has his candy bar um, they get in a bit of an argument over this candy bar uh, and and eventually they just find themselves in the fact that they have to they have to give, give each other up um, they're going to have to you know be open about the fact that they stole a balloon. Uh, they make it to the police department and the, the cops just kind of roll with it, which is really funny where they you know lock them up in the cell and then immediately open it because, okay, you stole a balloon on free balloon day. You guys can go. 
Um, and then we just get a regag of of the candy bars, but it's so funny because they added. Um, so the the cops hand lollipops to SpongeBob and Patrick as they leave, and and Patrick's gag again is that he's eaten the the lollipop, and completely forgets that he eats the lollipop. So his last line of the show is pretty funny, where he goes, hey, "Which one of you flatfoot stole my lollipop?" And the 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 episode is ending, and the cameras just zooming out from the police department, and you hear Patrick come back with, "I mean it." Like kills me every time it's just one of those absolutely hilarious spongebob moments and and this is this is one of the best spongebob episodes that we've we've ever had um from the fourth wall breaking joke all the way to the to the joke of buns and thighs i mean this this is uh one of the biggest classic episodes of spongebob squarepants doing stories like this will always work when you have SpongeBob and Patrick together in some kind of misunderstanding situation and they just kind of freak out. Um, it, it's happened so many times, things that we've seen before, uh, and it's and it's a trope they'll continue working with because it's a trope that works. It's it's what makes this show so likable and, and able to stay on the air for 20 years because it's simple. It's very simple characters, and what works in this show is, is very simple stories. When you start getting into real weird, off-putting stories and it then is not as simple... That's when SpongeBob gets kind of weighed down on itself. Uh, but you got a show like this, an episode like this, that really works, really knocks it out of the park. And I have no doubt that this show will end up in in the top five of this season, if not top three. Uh, it, it is high up there in my list, and and it's one of those like shows that. I, I have a few shows that, depending on the person, if I'm going to show them SpongeBob or if I'm going to sit down and watch with them, um, what kind of episode am I going to put on? Because a lot of people will say, you like this show. Go ahead, put put an episode on for me you think I'd like. This is one of those shows that's in that rotation. Um, and, and that is this week of the, the podcast. If you would like to write into the podcast, uh, send me your questions, send me your suggestions. Uh, you can email me at snailmail at euphonics.com, U-F-O-N-Y-X.com. I love reading that stuff. I answer all of you guys. I really appreciate all of the fans out there, all of the Ready Crew. Uh, if you're following this on YouTube, please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. At I'm Ready Podcast on Twitter, at SpongeBob Podcast on Instagram. I am active on all forms of social media and anything that you can do to help make the podcast better, get it out there in the light, talk about it with your friends, other SpongeBob fans out on the internet. I really appreciate it. So thank you for joining me on this week's edition of the podcast, and we'll see you next week. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Spongebob. 
inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy.